Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Listen to our text from this morning, Habakkuk chapter 2, and this is familiar for us at the beginning of every year. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. I'm not going to take a lot of time to dissect this verse as we do in Bible study, but we understand in verse 2 that who is doing the talking? Then the what? The Lord is saying this. Told the prophet to write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Write the vision, make it plain. So there has to be a plain vision. Say plain vision. So once there's a plain vision, it allows the person who reads it to run. Say run. If people would run with the vision, we'd change the world. If pe- Listen, if you found something to be passionate about in your life, if you, if you wanted a career change, we got a lot of medical people. We got doctors. We got nurses. We got physical therapists. We got different people involved in the medical field in our church. If you decided that you wanted to become a nurse, and you were passionate about that thing. Do you know if you ran with your passion to do it, you'd get it accomplished? If you decided you want to be a school teacher and you ran with that, you would get it done. If you decided you wanted to be an entrepreneurial millionaire, amen, and you ran with that, I can tell you from experience you can get that done. But you have to run, say run. The problem is most people, even when they get a plain vision, they lay down on it. Most people, even when they get a plain vision, at best they walk with it. They might trot with it a little bit. But running with it, that's a whole different level. Let me ask you this. Are you running with what God told you? Or are you laying on it? Are you running with what God told you? Or are you sitting on it? Are you running with what God told you, or have you put it so far behind you that you're no longer even pursuing it at any level? See, because you could be laying on it, and you well, Pastor, I'm praying about it. Listen, get up off your knees and put some feet to your prayers. Well, Pastor, I'm thinking about it. Well, while you think about it, get to stepping. Because the plain vision God's designed for it is to be ran with. Oh, if we started running to prayer, it changed our life. If we started running to our quiet time, it would change our life. If we started running to reconciliation, it would change our life. You know, different people get fired up for different parts, even of a church service. Some people don't come until the singing's over because, man, I ain't into that singing. Well, it doesn't matter if you're into it or not. God didn't command us to sing to him if we want to or if that's our personality. That's a blanket statement for all Christians. We must sing to the Lord. Amen? Uh, Minister Harris, what what if people started running 
to praise and worship? What if, what if people started just giving everything that they had and they just started going all out in praise? You know, if we weren't singing your favorite song, but you just ran to praise and to worship God, it would change everything about you. Then it changed everything about me. Then it changed everything about this church. And we changed everything about this community. But we got to run with something. Some people won't run with the praise and worship. Some people, well, I come for the, the preaching. I like, I like your real, raw, relevant teaching style. Uh, okay, well, I tell you stuff. God speaks to me, to you through me, and you say, oh, I like that. I like what I heard this morning. But you, that's not meant to file away and put in a note drawer somewhere. That's not meant to think about too long. That's meant to get it plain in your head and take off running. We got to learn how to run. Say run. We have a very clear. We see it's it's my job to put forth the vision. I got to make it plain. I got to have a plain vision that can be understood for this church and the vision is extremely plain. When it comes to following God uh, in, in a plain vision, uh, uh, we we got to learn how to follow. Say follow. Followship is rough in America because America is birthed out of a lot of hatred. America is birthed out of independence. We, we celebrate Independence Day. You know what independence means? I ain't studying you. Independence means I don't care about you. Independence means I'm about me and mine. Uh, independence is I, I'm, I'm my own man. I put myself up by my own bootstraps. I don't need nobody's help. Listen, that is not a Christian mindset. When you start with independence, when you start with slavery, when you build stuff off hatred and bigotry, uh, you're going to end up with a mess. And that's where we're at in 2017. And guess what? That's where we're going to be at in 2018. But we can't control everybody else, but we can control ourselves. So we got to learn, are we going to follow the vision? People don't like fellowship. People, people write books, and they say everything rises and falls on leadership. And when I read that, I thought, man, that's so true. That is so true. Everything, John Maxwell said that in his, in his book on leadership, and he said everything rises and falls on leadership. And I thought, man, that is so true. And then I started leading, and I found out, hey, some of this stuff falls on fellowship. Some of this stuff just, just falls. Fall. You, you, the leader can tell you what to do if you don't do it. That falls on followership, so we got to be good followers. That's all of us. There are no big eyes and little U's. It's not the pastor is up here and the elders up here and everybody else is down here. No, we are all children of God. The ground is level at the foot of the cross, and we all must follow God. And doing that takes action. Say action. Listen to the most quoted verse on vision. In the entire Bible, Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You want a happy pill? There it is. You want to be happy? Keep the law. The law of God, which says to keep the law of man. I've had people say, well, it may be illegal here, but ain't nothing about it in the Bible. Well, God said to follow his law and to keep the law of the community that you live in. That's how you be happy. But I want you to focus on the first part. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So if you don't have vision, what happens to the people? See, this is where 
there's sometimes interpretation difficulties. This is why we have more than one version of the Bible to read because the Old Testament was primarily written in what language? Hebrew. And most of us don't speak Hebrew, so we thank God that people translate the Bible in English so we can read it in English or Spanish or whatever your first language is. But sometimes it's difficult to take one word in a language and match it perfectly to a word in a different language. When I preach with a translator and I say some funky stuff, I say some ghetto neck stuff, I say some stuff that, you know, is really more cultural than proper, uh, the, the interpreter, I, when I see them looking at me, I know they're stretching for a word. How, how can I say that and make it make sense? This is a translation gap, say gap. This is not really what people think it is and how people are using it in modern-day America. It's more easily understood in, in this translation. Listen to the same verse in a more modern translation. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is happy. So, so there's still your happy pill. But look at what it says in the first half. When people do not accept divine guidance... So what is this version saying that vision is? What, 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 what does it replace vision with? So vision is divine guidance. Well, I've studied Hebrew for over 30 years. And I can tell you that what the literal translation would read is where there is no oracle. Not vision, but oracle. So now you have to find out what is an oracle. But you have to find out not what an oracle is in 2017 America. You have to find out what an oracle was 4,000 years ago to Hebrews. Because the only way to understand the Bible is to understand it as it was written to whom it was written. You can't put your 2017 twist on, on the Bible. You've got to understand what it meant to the, the people that it was originally written to. And an oracle can also, a synonym for oracle back then would be a revelator. Or someone who speaks on behalf of God. Someone who gives, guess what? Divine guidance. So when people do not accept divine guidance, it's not that there is no vision. It's that people don't accept guidance. Not even divine guidance. The biggest challenge people have is following orders. Why? Because God is a God of order. And everything that God creates, the devil tries to imitate or subjugate. And everything that God wants to set forth, the devil wants to tear down. So God is a God of order. And the devil wants to destroy order. That's why people don't like pastors who stand on the word of God. Because they just tell the truth anyhow. And then people are like, who he think he is telling me that? I'm not telling you that is me. I would be glad to sit down and drink a Dr. Pepper at Gators with you and watch sports all night till you till your booty hurts off that hard bench, okay? But when I stand up here and I pray on my knees in my office before I come out that God would anoint me to speak on his behalf, I'm not standing here as a man trying to tell you something about me. I'm standing here as an oracle trying to give you divine guidance. If you will begin to believe that the people that you allow to speak into your spirit are ordained of God to give you divine guidance, you will open up your spirit and grow. Sit back, wonder, hmm, he ain't all that. How's he going to tell me to be all that? I'm the first one to tell you. 
I, I, I'm as weak as you are. I got many problems as you do, maybe more. But I'm growing in Christ. I believe in God. I believe in death, burial, and resurrection. And I, I'm, I'm a sinner, but I'm saved, and I'm growing. If you got to have somebody perfect to speak to you, then you're not going to have anybody because nobody's perfect. I've had people say, hmm, after what I heard about him, I can't go to that church no more. You should have heard me tell you the first time. If you come in here looking for a reason to leave, just leave now. I'm just like you. I'm growing in this thing. I'm in my process just like you are. But I believe that God has called me and gifted me and anointed me to teach the truth and bring divine guidance to the people of Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. And in the 30 or 40 countries around the world that are listening to us by way of the Internet. But people, if you don't accept it, you're going to run wild. That's the opposite of obeying the law, running wild. I, I saw uh, this morning, I got up at 5 o'clock this morning, I saw on the local news some 7-year-old boy stole the keys to a car, was track driving it over 100 miles an hour. I don't know how he saw out the windshield and touched the gas. Driving over 100 miles an hour, flipped in the ditch, rolled three times, and he survived. I thank God that he survived, but how did 7-year-old get the keys to a car? And here's the Paul Harvey. Anybody know what the, Paul, the rest of the story Paul Harvey used to say? Old people laugh. The young people like, I don't care about Paul Harvey. Listen, the rest of the story said this. This was the fourth time this week that this seven-year-old boy drove a car behind his parents' back. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Either the child ain't accepting guidance or the parents ain't giving guidance but somebody needs a foot somewhere. They're going to get that boy killed. See, it's the older's job to give guidance to the younger. Older ladies ought to be teaching younger ladies how to be women. It takes something to be a woman. You're born a female, but it takes something to be a woman. You want to step up from above that and be a lady when you come to God, you want to be a Christian, a woman of God. It takes something to be a woman of God. And older ladies, listen, I shouldn't have to go to no female ever and tell her, baby, uh, that blouse is a little too short for Sunday morning. Ladies, you ought to pull these younger ladies aside and, and, and say, baby, there's too many men in here. You're tempting them, them, them 38 triple D's, you hanging all, bouncing all. Ain't nobody studying praise and worship when you're about to come out of your Listen, it takes guidance. It takes guidance. Listen, brothers, the older men ought to teach the younger men. And this is not talking about chronologically. You may be 20 years old. I'm 54 years old. But if you've grown older than me in a certain area, if you've matured beyond where I am and you see something about me, you ought to pull me off to the side. Listen, don't come in here and make no big scene. I guarantee you, we ain't going to have no scene in here. We ain't going to have, listen, we ain't going to have nobody shooting in here except, except our people. I don't believe folk ought to carry guns to church. Well, find another church. I'm not going to have people killed in this building unless they come in shooting first. But it, 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 it takes guidance. We, we, if, if you see something in somebody else, you ought to go. Listen, men, let the women correct the women. 
Don't think it's your job to pull 38 triple D off to the side and say, uh, you know, I really like the way you're put together. <laughs> See, you just, you shady at that point. Let the lady, tell your wife, baby, that girl's a new in Christ. And she really don't keep it like the way a, a Christian woman should. And, well, then you got that to deal with. But we need to offer divine guidance. I got in a habit one time of say I, I don't know why, but it just came out that several times during a season of sermons, I just kept using the word crap. Well, that's just crap. And I ain't about that crap. And it was just coming out like that. Well, to me, that's not a curse word. I could give you some curse words. And you say, well, should Christians not curse? The Bible says don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. We, we're responsible for pure communication. The, the Bible says that the words of our mouth and the thoughts of our mind ought to be acceptable to the Lord. And I had somebody, I wish they had faced me, but they, they emailed me, and they said that they were quitting the church because they couldn't follow behind no vulgar-speaking preacher. And they had heard me say crap for the last time. And so I wrote them back, and I said, I, I'm sorry that that offended you. And I will not use that word anymore from the pulpit. And that's been about 9, 12 years ago. And I have used it very, if at all, by example. Why? Because we ought to learn how to follow divine guidance. We ought to learn how to follow good advice. Some people won't follow anything. They could be on fire. And you'd be like, hey, man, you're on fire. You need to move. I ain't moving. Who you telling me to move? I ain't, well, you, you, you ain't nobody to me. Some people just will not follow divine guidance because the devil hates order. And that's why real churches will never be mega churches. Tell them I said so. Because when a real preacher stands flat-footed and tells the real gospel, the Bible says of itself, this is a rock of offense, and it will cause people to stumble. And you can either be bruised by it, or it can crush you. See, people don't like order because they want to do what they want to do. I told you, it's an Adams family generation. They want to do what they want to do, say what they want to say, dance how they want to dance, play how they want to play. But that's not God. That's running wild. Some of y'all got children that run wild. You know why? They don't have enough divine guidance. They don't have somebody in their life telling them that ain't the way. I long for days of old. I, God has to get me in my right mind and tell me, stop trying to live in the past. Stop trying to want the past. I got a new plan for you. But so many times I catch myself wondering, why don't we have church mothers anymore? Why don't we have good church mothers wearing big hats and white to church, t t snatching up children? Tell them, stop running in the Lord's house. Putting their hand out and say, spit that gum in my hand. You ain't about to stick that gum up on no, no church chair. What happened to the church? I know what happened. Church got so desperate for membership. Pastor started lying and saying things were acceptable that weren't acceptable. Pastor started letting homosexual uh, worship leaders stand in their on, the, on their stage, and homosexuals leading, and, 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 and listen, homosexual ain't the worst thing, Let, letting bigots, and, and racists, and gossips, and, and gluttonous people, whatever it is, standard got dropped, because enough people weren't coming, 
So they said, well, how do we get more people coming? And they said, well, you got to quit telling everybody what's wrong and start telling everybody what's right. I told my mom one time, my mom started with us and, and, until she moved away a couple of years ago. She was one of the most faithful members in the history of this church. And I told her, I said, Mom, I'm tired of people telling me I'm stepping on their toes and that they, they got their feet beat up in church. I want to preach stuff warm and fuzzy and make people like me. And she says, don't do that, son. She said, you keep preaching the truth because if my feet are stepping in the wrong way, I want you to kick them till I get back to walking in the right way. Wise people accept divine guidance. The Bible says if you correct a fool, they'll hate you. But if you correct a wise person, they'll grow yet wiser. When you learn that it was wrong, all you got to do is do what is right. Or you can say, who do you think you are telling me what to do? I'm going to do me. We're not here to do me. We're here to be the body of Christ and to represent God on this earth. To do that, we have to take divine guidance. Because if you don't take divine guidance, you're going to run wild. Let somebody be your guide. That's why everybody needs a pastor. That's why everybody needs somebody speaking into their life so we make sure that we are running properly. I'm excited about 2018. I want you to get your mind set on 2018. I want you to focus on uh, 2018 because 2017, I'm ready for it to be over, honestly. I had lots of failures in 2017, had lots of successes in 2017. We saw people get saved. We saw people get healed. We seen people be delivered in 2017, but I'm looking for more. Say more. I'm looking for more personally. I'm looking for more in this church, and I'm looking for more of God in the world. So I'm excited about 2018. Can you believe it's 2018? You had to write that on your check tomorrow. 2018. You write it on your check today if you want to write a check, but 2018. What does that mean? It means it's a new season. One of the things I love about New Year's, and I told you I'm not no holiday dude, but one of the things I do love about New Year's is it gives us psychologically a door to walk through for newness. I minored in, psycholo in psychology. It would be good if I could say it. I minored in psychology, and I've been studying the human mind for a long time and behavior. Some people can't let go of the past and move forward. But this time of year, because it's been so ingrained in us, happy new year, happy new year, happy new year. Oh, it's a new season. It's a new day. It's been so ingrained in us that 2018, when January 1st comes around, it's a fresh start. You realize you can get a fresh start any day, right? We, we know that as Christians, but we don't do it. But as human beings, our psyche is accustomed to the reality of new start this day. As we move into tomorrow, we know, oh, I, I can get it. I'm, I'm going to do better in 2018. Well, you could have made that decision at any point. But psychologically, we're predisposed for a new start in 2018. And I want you to make the best out of your 2018. Every year in the month of December, y'all know I pray and ask God to give me fresh vision for the direction, the theme, the focus of our church. And I'm going to go ahead and let it out today on the last day of 2017. Our, our theme for 2018 is going to be simply three words. Love requires action. We're going to focus on these three words 
for the next 52 weeks, we're going to focus on this reality that love requires action. Because anybody can talk about it, but you need to be about it. Anybody can say love, I love God. Really? Well, let's just see. Oh, I love my family. Really? Well, let's just see. I love pastor. Really? Let's just see. Because according to the scripture, love requires what? I'm going to say that all year. I'm going to say two words, and I want you to say the third word. Love requires? Love requires. That's what we got to know. Because this is the word of the Lord. God gave me this. It's not going to change the vision of our church overall. We're still here to reach the lost, to reach and teach. We're here, still here to be a multicultural church. We're, we're still here to pull down walls of racism, class structure, and denominational prejudice. We're still here to set aside our differences and walk together in unity. Can anybody say amen? Listen, I ain't going to do it because some of y'all so bitter, some of y'all so, 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 so hate-ridden, some of y'all so, so bound up. I, I ain't even going to have nobody uh, raise their hands and tell me who likes this, this, this 45. Uh, I'm not even going to have anybody say who, who's on the Trump train. I'm not going to ask anybody who's a Democrat and who's a Republican because how many of y'all know we got Democrats and Republicans inside this church? And I love everybody the same. See, I, that, you, you, shouldn't even, you should not even know. Who, if you figured out who I voted for in this last election, you're pretty slick. Because I am not here to set up walls of separation. Listen, I'm for, I'm for America getting better. But I ain't for crazy people tweeting phones all night long and being an idiot. Oh, now you're going to hate me forever. Now you're like, oh, oh, I, I guess that means he hates Donald Trump. I don't hate anybody. And we got to learn how to walk in unity above our personal preferences. You might like pizza. Somebody else like hamburger. That don't mean you throw them out. My family, we, we don't drink a lot of hot chocolate because one of my kids don't drink hot chocolate. Okay? That don't mean I boot him out. A little hot chocolate with some marshmallows might go good this week. All y'all been hating on. I had people say, I just can't take it. I mean, Florida, it's just no, no change of seasons. It's just hey, 70 degrees on Christmas. That's just complaining about 70 degrees and blue skies. Well, you're going to get you some this Thursday. Woo! You're going to get you some on Thursday. I suggest short sleeve shirt. Short pants and some flip-flop. Get out in that 28 degrees and just, wow, I love me some cold weather. Go ahead. I don't care who you voted for in this election. I'm glad it's over. I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. I don't care if you're white, black, yellow, brown, green. I don't care if you're rich, poor, educated, uneducated. Why do churches make that so important? I don't care if you speak in tongues, if you don't speak in tongues. I don't care if you're pre-millennial, post-millennial, all-millennial. I don't care if you're pre-trib, mid-trib. I don't care if, if, if you're pre-wrath. I don't, I don't care what your eschatological design is. 
The Bible doesn't say that we're, we're family because we all eat the same food, wear the same clothes, dress the same, or think the same about every personal situation. The Bible says that we're all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, I'm down with you to the end. So it's not, if this theme of love requiring action, it's not going to circumvent the, the overall theme of our church to advance the kingdom of God. It's not going uh, to change the overall theme of our church to transform our world by the power of God's love. But it is going to allow us to accomplish that theme, to transform our world by the power of God's love. That's the overall church theme to transform our world by the power of God's love. But the theme for 2018 is understanding that love requires what? So we can't accomplish transforming our world by the power of God's love until we understand that love requires action. So I don't know why some churches are all white, why some church, well, there's a reason why some churches are all white, some churches are all black. There's a reason why some churches are all rich, some churches are all poor. There's a reason why some churches, everybody drive a new car, and other churches, everybody drive old car, walk, catch the bus. There's a reason why the churches are set up that way. There's a reason why in every church, everybody comes from the same background. I will do this on a hand raise. How many people ever ever been a Catholic? I was born into the Catholic church. Anybody else? All right, there you go. That's, that's a handful of us. How many people ever been a Baptist? I, I, I got saved in a Baptist church. Amen. How, how many people ever, ever, ever been in a Pentecostal charismatic church? Okay. How many people ever been in a holiness church with no makeup, hair to the floor? Dress? I've been in all these churches. How many people ever been in a wide open, tongue talking, fire deliverance, roll on the floor, don't even get no preaching done on Sunday? I, I see that we got all these different types of people. That makes us weird as churches go because we got people. We got white people and we got black people. Most churches don't have that. We got tongue talkers, non-tongue talkers. Most churches don't have that. We got rich people. We got poor people. Most, well, we don't have a lot of rich people. We got people that, you know, pay their bills and people that don't pay their bills. We got people that can park in the driveway. People have to park in somebody else's garage. <laughs> They're like, I ain't even parking in my garage. They're sitting there waiting on me. But our design is to love people in spite of personal preference. But love requires what? We're going to learn how to do it. In 2018, we're going to learn how to put action toward loving God better, learn how to put action toward loving ourselves better. We're going to learn how to put action toward loving our family better. We're going to learn how to put action toward loving our community better. We're going to learn to put action toward learning how to put love to prayer, love to Bible study, love to relationship. We're going to talk about that a lot over the next 52 weeks. But let me tell you uh, two things I want you to start doing right now. And I've already told my biological children, and as the father of this church, I'm going to tell y'all, in 2018, every day for 365 days, I want you to keep a journal. I want you to keep a journal. You say, I ain't doing that. Well, you won't accept divine guidance. This ain't for me. This is from the Lord. The Lord put this in my spirit to tell you this. You need to keep a journal. The majority of great people in the history of the world kept a journal. They tracked every day of their life. They knew where their good days were and where their bad days were. And you keep a journal for the purpose of looking back over last week and seeing how you did. And looking back over last month and seeing how you did. And here's what I want you to do. Three things I want you to put in this journal. I want you to put exactly what you read from the scripture that day and how, how it impacted you. Okay, so you write what you read and you, your key takeaway from it. That's, 
That's one. Second thing I want you to do, I want you to write every good thing to happen to you. You say, well, what if it was just a normal day? Did you go to work? Did you get there safe? Got to work safely. Did you go all day without cussing nobody out? Went all day without cussing nobody out. It was a good day. I want you to write down every bad thing that happened to you or every bad thing that you did. See, we've got to start keeping track of what, what's really going on in our life. And the only way that's going to happen is if we commit it to paper. Get you a legal pad, go to a dollar store and, and get you a 365-day journal, write it, in, write it on your technology, however you want to do it. But I want you to keep a journal. You say, I ain't going to do it. I know, I know 99% of the people in this room won't keep a journal. But the people that do keep a journal are going to have the best year they ever had in their life. This is the word of the Lord. Second thing I want to make sure happened in 2018, stop being so easily offended. Stop being so easily offended. We live in a racist, bigoted world. We know that. Stop, stop being offended. I can't stand half the stuff I hear people say on television, whether, whether I'm watching CNN or whether I'm looking on Fox. The stuff they're saying, it's all lies, and it's all trying to make me hate somebody else. It's all pushing one agenda, creating a, a special narrative. Listen, stop being so offended by what people do to you, by what other people say. Sticks and stones can break my bones. Words ain't supposed to hurt. I know words can hurt, but we got to stop being offended. Why? Because the devil says you're supposed to be dead to yourself. Do you know what happens if you go up to a, 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 a coffin with a dead person in it and say, your mama is stank and she was the biggest hoe in Jacksonville? You know what that person going to rise up and do to you for that? Now, I do not recommend you try that with the average person that's living. But if you say it to a dead person, you get no reaction because they're dead. You can't offend a dead person. The Bible says that we are to die to ourselves. If anybody will follow him, you got to take up your cross and you got to die to yourself every day. You got to say, Lord, please put me out of the way. Let me think your thoughts. Let me say your words. Let me see the way you see things. And don't be. So some people are offended about the, the dumbest stuff. Don't be so easily offended. And when people offend you, seek reconciliation. Keep a journal, don't be offended. Keep a journal and don't be offended. Listen, old people used to say, consider the source. Somebody says something to you, consider the source. That crazy out there head tweeting bad stuff about you. <laughs> Cuckoo. Let a crazy person get inside me. You can get no reaction out of me. You can push no false narrative on me. Now you're going to get me to hate people because you're trying to wind me up. Consider the source. Or what church mama say? Talk about me as much as you please. I'm going to talk about you on my knees. Pray. Love your enemies and pray for them. But do not be, some people just walking around offended, looking for one more. I swear, look at me one more. Oh, God, look at me. Say something, just one. Oh, act like you want to part your, oh, if you just move your, if you twitch a lip. 
put my name in your mouth one more time. People are just looking. That's not God. That is flesh. And you have to die to that flesh. And you have to ask God, help me not be that way, Lord. I want to please you. I want to honor you. Let's talk real quick. I got one more, one, one, one more thing to tell you. We're going to get out of here. Love requires action. That's theme for 2018. 1 John 3.18. The Bible says, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to figure out what that says. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. That semicolon separates one part from another part. You got one group of people that love in word with their mouth. You got another group of people that love in, in their actions and in truth. The Bible tells you don't just love in word. Love cannot be only spoken. It has to be acted upon. God said he loves us. He proved it by sending his son to the cross for us while we were yet sinners. That's what the Bible tells us in Romans, that God showed his love toward us by sending his son to the cross to die for us. People that just love in word are false, say false. You say you love me, but you never do anything to show that love. That's just loving in in, in your mouth. And God said, don't do that. You say you love your spouse, but you never show your spouse love. God said, don't be that way. You say you love your community, but you don't do anything for your community. You just got mouth. You don't have what God said to have. So here's the big takeaway from today. God told me to tell you that we need to realize that talking about love is not enough. Love requires what? Man, sitting at home for the last five and a half weeks trying to obey everything they told me for my recovery. I'm thinking a lot, which isn't really different, a lot different from my regular routine. People wonder, what do you do all day? Well, if, I, if I'm doing what God told me to do in Acts chapter 6, this is what my job is. The men of God are supposed to give themselves continually prayer in the ministry of the word. Doing, doing that over the last five weeks, sitting, thinking, trying to pray and hear from God and follow what God would have me to do, brought me to this place of understanding that love requires action. See, we can talk about it or we can be about it. We got a great group of elders. We got a great group of deacons. We got the best church administrator in the world. But listen, we need more people to get involved. We have started our deacon family ministry where everyone in this church has been signed a deacon family. If you're not getting called every month by one of our deacons, you need to turn your name in to get assigned to a deacon family that can pray for you every day, that can be there for you in your struggle, and that can help you in your journey. We are making sure that everybody in this church is being ministered to. So if you're not getting calls from a deacon, you probably have not turned in. All you got to do, put your name and phone number on the back of a card and uh, just just write deacon family on it or DF. We, we'll, we'll get you assigned to somebody. We got a great group of leaders here, but we need more people getting involved. Here's what God, one of the things God showed me over the last five and a half weeks, we need to take what we do well and do it better. See, this is just good for life. You got to know your strengths. 
you got to play to your strengths. You know, if, if, if your thing is running the ball, stop trying to throw the ball. you got to play to your strengths. Well, one of the things I believe that we do phenomenally well is our food and clothing ministry. When you have a church this size, regularly feeding on Saturday over 400 people every week, when you have a church this size, have people lining up around the building, waiting on the doors to open so they can get food, and not just get food but be prayed for. We're seeing healings on Saturday in our food and clothing ministry. We're, we're seeing miracles happen on Saturday on our food and clothing ministry. It almost tempted me to close down and let's just start having church on, on Saturday with the food and clothing ministry. But the Bible said to gather on the first day, so we'll figure all that out. But we need to take what we do well and do it better. I want to take that food and clothing ministry, and I want to expand it. I want to do it bigger. It's going to take more people. It's going to take more money. It's going to take more action. Oh, Pastor, I just love what we're doing, feeding all these hungry people. Uh, well, where's your part in it? Do you come on Saturday? Oh, no, I work on Saturday. Uh, Saturday's my day to catch up my chores. Saturday I spend with my family. I like slay them on the day to sleep in. Well, do you give to our high five program? Do you give extra $5 there all the time to, to, to our community do you, uh, service fund? Do you, do, you, do you pay your tithes? Do you pay your offering so we can get? Pastor, I just love the fact. You know, Pastor, I love the fact that you oversee 13 church. Oh, man, I meant to put that video on, on, on a file so Elder Keon could upload it. We got, um, for those of y'all that don't know, I oversee 13 ministries in uh, that second flag, Liberia, Monrovia, Liberia, West Africa, 13 different churches. And they gather together for the last four days of every month, and they lock themselves in Pastor Prince Coon's church, and they pray specifically for me and the people of this church. You need to turn your prayer requests in. You need to turn your prayer requests in because we got 13 people right now locked in a building in New Crewtown New Crew Village. One of the smallest villages in Liberia, one of the most war-ravaged communities in Liberia. And Pastor Prince Kuhn sent me a video of them praying for us. And it, it's just incredible because here's the thing. If the average person in Jacksonville tells me, Pastor, I'm praying for you, I appreciate that. And, you know, I know what that means. And, they, you know, they pray when they can. They forget about me a lot. But listen, when an African tells you they're praying for you, they're probably praying for you. They, 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 listen, there ain't a whole lot of other things to do over there. But seeing these 13 different ministers in this building, walking around this building, hands up, praying loudly, fasting, and in prayer for our church. I want, and they asked me, how, how, don't, don't they email all, Pastor Coon, email all the time. How, how are the brothers and sisters at Headquarters Church doing? And they want to know what can they be praying for us about. And they are locked in a room right now praying for us. Is that cool to anybody other than me? That's a miracle that God would put it on the heart of 13 different pastors to, to seek us out and to pray for us. Oh, Pastor, I just love the fact that we do ministry in Africa. Well, what, what, what are you doing to make that, to make that continue to happen? Are, are you praying for our churches in Liberia? What, 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 what about our ministry in the Philippines? What, what, what about in India? We, we have a ministry for lepers in India. Oh, Pastor, I just love the fact that we do a real ministry around the world. Are, are you even picking up the newsletter and, and praying for our ministries around the world off the newsletter? Love requires what? We got to do something. 
we got to do something to take what we're doing well, and, and, and we got to grow it. See, I want us to love this. We're loving this community, and we're changing this community, and we're seeing grades up. We're seeing crime down. We're seeing, we're, we're seeing change inside this community, but I want us to love this community everywhere possible, but we need to increase our volunteerism, our servitude, and our giving. You want to love somebody? Show up. Show up on Sunday. Bring somebody with you. People need to hear divine guidance. I want you to start inviting people to come to. You, you love the Lord? You love this church? Invite somebody to come and love the Lord and love this church with you. You love what we're doing in food and clothing? Get involved in it. You don't have to come on Saturday, but can you pray for our food and clothing ministry? That's action. Can you give extra to our food and clothing ministry? That's action. See, we, we, we're going to pray more. We're going to study more. We're going to love more. In 2018, last verse I want to give you because I know most of us blew 2017. I really thought about having you raise your hand and come forward if you if you were willing to admit that you 2017 was more was more of a bust than a boom. But I, I know some people come forward just on emotionalism, and other people wouldn't come forward for no no way. But if 2017 was not perfect for you. Well, let me say it like that. How many people would agree 2017 wasn't perfect for them? For me either. I want to give you this great news, and I'm going to let you go. 1 John 1, 9, very familiar verse in the Bible. It's the last verse we're going to talk. God said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to get familiar with this verse. This verse will get you prepared to be all that God wants you to be. This verse will keep you off other people. I can't believe she did so-and-so. <laughs> you better be confessing your own sins. All of us have too much wrong in us to spend time working on somebody else. We need to look in the mirror and get us together. When we get us together... We can get these schools together. We get us together. We can get this world together. And the great news is you don't have to pass. You don't have to jump through hoops of fire. You don't have to crawl on broken glass. And I'm glad I don't have to do any of that stuff either when I mess up because I have a promise from God that if I confess my sins to him, he's going to forgive me of my sins and, listen, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's one of the greatest things, that's one of the greatest feelings you'll ever feel when, 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 the, when God comes on you and lets you know that all the weight of that sin has been lifted off you and you are clean before the Lord. Get cleaned up. Get ready. Get ready for what God wants to do in 2018. Come out tonight and let's pray. Let, let's pray Thanksgiving for 2017 and let's pray blessing for 2018. We want to pray and we want to believe God for his promise that if we will confess our sins, he will forgive us of our sins. You don't need to come to no priest, no bishop. You don't need you don't need to to do no 12 step to get right with God. You don't need to come and tell me what, what you've been through, and I ain't going to come and tell you what I've been through because I have a promise just like you have a promise that he will forgive us and he will cleanse us from everything if we will confess to him. Do you know some people won't even take the time to open their mouth and admit they were wrong? 
All we got to do is confess our sins to God. In the Greek, literally that means to agree with him about what he says against what you've done. He said it's wrong. Can you agree with that? God, I did so and so, and I know that that wasn't right. That's confession. I did so and so, and I know that it wasn't right, God, and I shouldn't have done that. And I ask you to forgive me of that, God, and help me to do better. And I thank you for your cleansing. Stop letting the sins of the past haunt you. Stop letting your previous mistakes haunt you. Stop letting your failures haunt you. Stop letting the thing that you did wrong haunt you. See, some of, some, some of the people trying to serve God are being held back be, because of things that happened in their life. Horrible things. Bad things. Ugly things. Things that we're ashamed of. Things that people are worried about. What if, what if somebody found out such and such and so and so? Don't worry about what people think about you. Rejoice in what God knows about you. God said, if you be confessing, he'll be forgiven. I'm going to be confessing everything in 2018, and I'm going to walk in the cleansing power of God. And I invite you to join me in the cleansing power of God that only comes through confession. The Bible says if you confess and forsake your sins, that God will give you mercy. I don't know what it is that you need to confess. I'm busy confessing my stuff. You be busy confessing your stuff. And let's be clean and cleansed of all unrighteousness. Can anybody agree with me on that? Hallelujah. Pray with me. God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. God, I pray for every person in this room that is bound by sin. Lord, I pray that you would just let them reach out and confess that sin to you, forsake it, and walk in your cleansing power. God, I thank you for cleansing from the Holy Ghost, Lord. I thank you that the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin, Lord. And I pray that you would let us be the ones who are confessing and rejoice in all of your forgiveness. God, I pray if there's any person in this room who is not born again, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself. You said that nobody can come to you except that you draw them. So, Father, I pray that you would save the lost and encourage your children to have a prosperous and a fruitful 2018. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ for your glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.